I want everybody gone. <laughs> well, he was gone. The guy sell wolf tickets, man. Right? I ain't gone. No, please. <laughs> Move me. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> cats running around and say, I ain't moving. I didn't have to go to work. That's <laughs> But I got a slip. <laughs> Cops was dangerous. <laughs> Courtesy of Bob the Engineer, Dolly the Reception, and yes, your host, your servant, the Jester. Oh. My. Lord. We're wired that way. No point in fighting it. Hi, everybody. I'm Archie Bell with the Drills of Houston, Texas. We don't only sing, but we dance and do Welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Just the Radio. I'm not old or new, but middle school, fifth grade, like junior high. I don't know, mofo, if y'all peeps be bugging, giving props to I don't know, mofo, pop peeps, but I'm a bushy fly. Santa man, I'm hung like planet Pluto, hard to see with the naked eye. But if I crashed into Uranus, I won't stick it where the sun don't shine. Kinda like a Han Solo, baby. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the ravings of a clown on just the radio. You can call me on a cookie. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. Hey, that'll do, pig. Hey, welcome to the shoe. It's Wednesday, February the 20th, the year of our Lord, 2008. And why? Who is that out yonder? Oh, my goodness. Annie M. It's Sid the Neighbor. Holy crap, it's Sid the Neighbor back from the dead. 
I just leaned out my um, side fence this afternoon, and lo and behold, who's looking over at me from across the yard? It's uh, Sid the Neighbor. Sid the Neighbor, whose name is spoken in over 131 countries in each and every uh, evening around the globe. Sid the Neighbor, who comes to you from the great white north. And is uh, probably one of the, I think, six people on planet Earth that smokes as much marijuana as I do. Said the neighbor. The one and only said the neighbor in the Jester Radio chat room. And uh, stop by and say hi. He may be running out for a couple of minutes, uh, running in and out. But uh, you can meet the legendary uh, Sydney. Uh, in the Jester Radio chat room. Request lines are open. Stop by the Jester Radio website at www.jesterradio.com. Tell us what you want to hear. We'll get it on the air. Lickety split. And what's more, we have a phone in line, as you may have heard, 646-502-8600. Give us a call. Tell us what's on your mind. Don't feel like you have to wait to break in. Just any fucking time you got something on your mind, just boom. Just call right in. 646 646- 502-8600-646-502-8600. It's just a, you know, uh, for most folks, it's a local call. It's not a local call, but it's not an extra, you know, after in the evening, a lot of folks don't pay for long distance. So it's just a downtown New York City telephone line. Uh, it's not like one of these wacky, you know, $30, uh, you know, uh, a, a minute, you know, sex lines or anything. Although we're looking into that too. We're trying to see if we can get one of those just for the investment. But this is not that. You can just give us a call, 646-502-8600, and you may find yourself live on the air with your old pal, the Jester. And the other way to do it, of course, is to Skype in. Our Skype name is Jester Radio. So uh, that's a no-brainer. Instant message us, instant messenger us at Jester Radio 1. Uh, email us at uh, request at jesterradio.com. There's so many other ways to get through to us. Uh, you can find out from the uh, website. Such a show we have for you this evening, playing all the, your favorite shit. Plus, uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours. And, yeah, a little bit about what's going on in that sick fucking world of mine, too. Nothing good. I can assure you. And uh, what else? Jester Trivia, yay. And we're going to talk about some cool uh, new and cool improvements that are coming to a Jester radio near you. Time now for Jester Radio headlines from high atop Jester Radio Studios in a secret location outside your universe. It's the Jester Radio News. Secret location. All right, that'll do. An exiled Iranian opposition group claimed today that Tehran was speeding up a program to develop nuclear weapons. You know, this guy, Ahmadinejad, he came to America, you know, last year and got up to the speech at Columbia University and, uh, you know, just uh, um, lied flat out that his uh, nuclear program was, you know, completely peaceful. And uh, he didn't know what you meant by the homosexuals. They don't have any homosexuals. He doesn't know where you heard that. It's not like they have in America. They don't have them over there. They just don't have them. Hey, you're... Uh, lo- 
we on the air? You're live on the air with Jester Radio. Who's calling? Uh, this is a happy birthday song. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Esther, Bob Dylan, and Gordon. Who? Happy birthday to you. What the fuck? Hello, How'd you get that? I got it. Thank you very much. Happy, who's, uh, who, whose birthday yeah, is no. it? All right. Yes, Poe, Rupert, Bob Dylan, Murray. All right. Well, happy yes, birthday, Pose. Thanks for calling. It's actually tomorrow, I thought, was the uh, Poe birthdays, but there you go. That was uh, some uh, dynamite uh, birthday singing there. As Poe uh, and his twin brother, G. Poe, uh, both turn some, so like 47 or something tomorrow. A, um, so this guy who's in exile, so, you know, all these rumors have been going around. Obviously, everybody in the world is concerned. He, the guy's obviously a lying sack of shit, and he's crazy. He's apparently insane from advanced stages of gonorrhea. He's been going around saying, like, there was never any Holocaust and so on. And um, he, uh, uh, of course, everybody's worried that this so-called peaceful, you know, nuclear program that they have is really intended to build nuclear weapons. And let me tell you, man, the idea of Iran having nuclear weapons, I mean, I, you know, I just can't even think of anybody that wants to see that. I don't even think, I don't even think the Al-Qaeda want to see that. You know what I'm talking about? That can't be good for anybody. So this guy, he's an exile from an Iranian opposition group, and he said today that uh, that Iran was much farther ahead in its nuclear project than even we suspect. The NCRI, and by the way, what a surprise that would be with this fucking sharp-witted uh, guy in uh, the executive office. The NCRI is the political wing of the People's Mujahideen of Iran, which advocates the overthrow of the government in Tehran, the Mujahideen, has been designated a terrorist group by the United States and the European Union, as well as Iran. Uh, Mohadisian claimed that Tehran has established a command and research center near a Tehran university, and he said Iran is developing a nuclear warhead for use on medium-range missiles at a site on the southeast edge of Tehran. Uh, Mohadisian also claimed that the regime obtained aid from North Korea. There's a shock. It was not possible to independently verify the NCRI claims, Mohadisian said, that his groups got the information from hundreds of reports and sources from within the Iranian regime, which he didn't name. He said some of the sources are within the nuclear project itself. And that's another big surprise to find out that these guys um, are really bad at keeping secrets. I'm sure their, their you know, secrecy program... Uh, is just, you know, whoever you feel like telling. The official uh, of the Interna uh, International Atomic Energy Agency who spoke anonymously because he wasn't authorized to speak to us said that the agency was aware of the allegations. Mohadishian said that he had provided information to the IA 
IAEA yesterday. Iran has steadfastly denied its working to obtain a nuclear bomb, arguing that its nuclear program is civilian, civilian nuclear. And though, why would you have any reason to disbelieve him? A recent U.S. national intelligence estimate said Iran halted a nuclear weapons development program in 2003 because of international pressure, but the White House said Iran continues to hide information, remains in violation of two U.N. Security Council resolutions, tests ballistic missiles, and is enriching uranium, which can be used to build an atomic bomb. Four years ago, I mean, at the very least, you have to have enriched uranium, so they may as well get that out of the way. They've been working on that for probably 10 years. Four years ago, the group disclosed information about two hidden nuclear sites in Iran, but much of the information it's presented since to support claims of a secret weapons program has not been publicly verified. And, you know, no one wants to be... (laughs) Nobody wants to be caught, you know, accusing people of having weapons they don't have anymore. That's so, you know, yesterday... That's so GW. Republican presidential candidate John McCain said President Bush should veto a measure that would bar the CIA from using waterboarding and other harsh interrogation methods on terror suspects. This is a guy who was, you know, locked in like a small shoebox-sized cage for five and a half years and was regularly tortured by the Vietnamese. Um, He says that there's a bill now before the president that would bar the government, any branch of the government, including the CIA, from using, um, you know, torture, including waterboarding. Uh, And John McCain is vociferously urging the president to veto this bill, to veto the anti-torture bill. McCain voted against the bill, which would restrict the CIA to using only the 19 interrogation techniques listed in the Army Field Manual. His vote was controversial because the manual prohibits waterboarding, a simulated drowning technique that McCain also opposes, yet McCain doesn't want the CIA bound by the manual and its prohibition. So he's saying he doesn't want waterboarding, but he doesn't want this bill, which would limit the CIA to only be able to use um, the the 19 techniques outlined in the Army Field Manual. By the way, I'm really interested in knowing, of course, this, this is something we'll never know, is, you know, the importance of this argument. We've been talking about this for, you know, years now, ever since these pictures at Abu Ghraib came out, these stories of extraordinary rendition, and these guys being absconded away to Turkey and, you know, these other places to be tortured. The bottom line is, what kind of intelligence are we getting from these people? What's the value of the knowledge that we're beating out of these people? It's one thing to, you know, hook up a guy's, you know, testicles to a car battery. Is he just saying any fucking thing you want to hear? Is he just keeping a whole lot of guys busy morning, noon, and night, writing shit down that people say, and then they, you know, they pass it along, and they go through it, they comb through it, and one out of every a thousand things is relevant. I don't even know what the value of any of that intelligence is. I wonder. And yet, we're making our argument completely in the dark because we'll never know. Because anytime we ask, what does the government say to us? Say it with me now. Not going to tell you. It's a secret. It's a secret. And when you can't, when you can, you know, when you have too little information to make a judgment, um, then you're at a disadvantage.
So the government, again, is saying, no, believe me, take my word for it. Uh, it's a good thing. We've gotten so much valuable. You don't even know the, the plots and schemes that we've thwarted because of our ability to use these extraordinary methods. They directly have led to saving lives. All you have to do is say, prove it, and they always say the same thing. Sorry, no can do. You just have to take our word on it. And, you know, maybe depending who it was that was saying that, maybe I would take their word on it. But these guys, no, I don't believe a single fucking word they say. McCain, who uh, himself was tortured as a prisoner of war in Vietnam, is well known for his opposition to waterboarding which puts him at odds with the Bush administration. I knew I would be criticized for it, McCain told reporters uh, today in Ohio. I think I can show my record is clear. <laughs> These fucking politicians, they always say the same thing. My record is clear. My record is 100. Go back and look at my record. It's clear. Clear is a crystal clear. I said there should be additional techniques. It's like, it's almost as if they can't say a single fucking sentence without saying something self-promotional. Sounds like, and this is why you should vote for me. Just fucking talk. How about we'll exercise our brains and decide whether or not we think that's uh, relevant in deciding whether or not we'll vote for you. But this idea of constantly being assaulted with my record is clear and I've said this in the past and all these self-aggrandizing you know, terms, it's just, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It really puts you off. I knew I'd be criticized for it, McCain told reporters. I think I could show my record is clear. I said there should be additional techniques allowed to other agencies of government as long as they were not torture. I was on the record as saying that they could use additional techniques as long as they were not cruel, inhumane, and degrading, McCain said. So the vote was in keeping with my clear record. He only said it like seven times of saying that they could have additional techniques, but those techniques could not violate international rules against torture. What? Well, then what are the additional techniques? That's what's known in the parlance as jibber-jabber speak. McCain spokeswoman Jill uh, Hazelbaker uh, noted that McCain believes that waterboarding is already banned by the Detainee Treatment Act of 2005, which includes an amendment he wrote uh, barring inhumane treatment of prisoners, the act prohibited cruel, inhumane, and degrading treatment for all detainees in U.S. custody, including CIA. CIA Director Michael Hayden has said court decisions and current law, including the Detainee Treatment Act, cast doubt on whether waterboarding would be legal. Now, Hayden pro uh, prohibited its use in CIA interrogations in 2006. It has not been used since 2003, he said. Of course, we'll just take their words on that, too. Justice Department officials, these are from the people that were chaining prisoners together and walking them around like dogs, doing you know, sex acts with each other for their entertainment while they leaned into the pictures and gave the thumbs-up signal. And then afterwards they said, oh, yeah, we were told to do that to the prisoners. It's a, it, was, it, was a, it was a culture of corruption. The legislation bars the CIA from using waterboarding, sensory deprivation, other harsh coercive methods, methods to break a prisoner who refuses to answer questions. Those practices were banned by the military in 2006. President Bush has threatened to veto. By the way, here we are, speaking of 2006, here we are in 2008. Have we nothing better 
than fucking pouring water on some guy's face or electric shocking some guy's nuts? Have we nothing better in this fucking day and age of coercing information from people? I mean, man. Uh, you, you know, can you catch more bees with vinegar than with honey? Can you bribe them? Give them a better accommodations? Give them a better sell? Give them more privileges if they cooperate? The Federal Reserve today uh, lowered its projection for economic growth this year, lowered its projection for growth, citing damage from the double blows of the housing slump and the credit crunch, both of which, of course, it created. I love it when these companies that do shit, and then they act like, so surprised. It's like, it's like you know, if you ever try and, like, you know, call the post office during Christmas time, they're like, well, you know, it's Christmas. You're like, hey, it took like an hour and 45 minutes for you to answer the phone. They're like, yeah, haven't you heard it's Christmas? And I'm like, yeah, haven't you heard? They've been having it every year now for the past, you know, 2,070 years. You would have think you'd have fucking learned by now to maybe put on a couple of extra people on Christmas time. Duh. So now we're finding out that the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve is not a branch of the federal government. They're not working for the government. They're a bunch of individual people, bankers, who have created this bank that they have blackmailed America and turned Americans into slaves. And what they do is they the, they got the the exclusive franchise on uh, distributing currency to the, the United States. Um, they're the only ones that can you know mint currency, and then they issue this currency at interest. So they the only way that they could ever be paid back is with more currency. But where do you get more currency? Well, you have to get it from the federal bank. So they have to issue more at more interest. So there is no possible way to ever catch up. You can't ever pay off that debt except with more dollars. So it's just a scam. And these people decide, you know, every year it seems the economy goes up and down. They're just manipulating it anytime they want. They can um, issue more money and loosen up the economy and make, you know, the dollars flow more. Or they could raise interest rates and tighten up the economy so that, you know, the, 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 uh, the exuberance gets reined in. They just toy with millions and billions of people's lives uh, like puppets on a string, this federal bank. They need to be fucking overturned. And by the way, guess who? was one of the original members in 1908 of the Federal Bank. Guess who sat on the board of directors of the Federal Bank? A guy named Preston Bush. Yeah, you heard me. The updated forecasts come amid uh, worry by the Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke and his colleagues that the economy could continue to weaken even after their aggressive interest rate cuts in January, according to minutes of those private deliberations released today. With no signs of stabilization in the housing sector, they invented, they manipulated that whole thing too. They loosened up the money for, uh, lowered, the, lowered the interest on housing, um, loosened it up so that everybody could get you know loans and everybody can get everybody else loans. All these people made millions of dollars in commissions getting mortgages to people that they knew when the interest rates would start rising again, like every cycle does, they knew that those people would be put out in the street. These mortgage brokers didn't have to pay the commission back, though, on, their, on those uh, mortgages. 
and all these banks that go around and go, oh, we're so, you know, we, we feel so bad about the mortgage crisis. We're not in the real estate business. We don't want to foreclose people's houses. Horse shit. That's exactly how they make their money. And by the way, they love to foreclose houses because they get their money sooner than later. They always get their money. When they sell that house, they sell it a lot less than it's worth, but they never sell it for less than what the loan is. So if the house is worth a quarter of a million, but there's a $170,000 loan on it, that's all they care about is getting that money back. And they get it all back, and they get it all now without having to wait the extra 20 years like they would if it was a regular mortgage. Banks love foreclosures. Don't let them kid you. So all these people are saying, oh, these fucking morons, they should have read their leases, they should have researched, they should have understood more. Hey, be that as it may. These people maybe should have, but there's a whole class of people that made their fortune knowing that they weren't. So it's one thing to have one or two customers who don't read the fine print and you sort of let it go, but it's another thing to entice customers only because you know they don't read the fine print, that if they ever did, they never would take a deal like that. With no signs of stabilization in the housing sector, with financial conditions not yet stabilized, the committee agreed the downside risks to growth would remain even after this action. Minutes of the Fed's January 29th to 30th closed-door meeting showed. The Fed at that session voted to cut a key interest rate by one-half percentage uh, to 3% at the meeting. Just eight days earlier, the Fed, in an emergency session, slashed its rate by a rare three-quarters percentage point. The two rate cuts together marked the most dramatic rate reductions in a single month by the Fed in a quarter of a century. Under its new economic forecast, the Fed said that it now believes the gross domestic product will grow between 1.3% and 2% this year, that's lower than a previous Fed forecast for growth, which at that time was estimated to be between 1.8 and 2.5%. GDP is the value of all goods and services produced within the United States and is the best barometer of the country's economic fitness. With economic growth slowing, the Fed projected that the national jobless rate will rise between 5.2 to 5.3% this year. Uh, that's higher than the central bank's old forecast for the rate. Uh, which they projected a climbing only 4.9. Last year, the unemployment rate averaged a 4.6. Unemployment's going up. Recession, you know, uh, uh, is is going up. Inflation. And uh, these retards are talking about sending people back 600 bucks. I got a great idea. You know what you know would be great for the economy? Get rid of all these people that are working at a quarter, you know, they're working at these wage slave, uh, slave wages that, um, you know, Americans, you know, it, it makes me fucking sick when these people say, uh, when these big businesses say, oh, well, we can't find people to work these jobs. Yeah, you can't find people to work those jobs for, for fucking, you know, two bucks an hour like the fucking wetbacks will. You can find them at a decent wage. If you pay somebody enough, I mean, obviously, we know that. There are people who clean out the fucking inside of sewers, man. There are people who do every fucking thing there is to do. All you got to do is pay them enough. I'll fucking do it, man. I'll come out of the studio and do whatever the fuck. If the money is enough, anybody will. 
That's the way it works. And if that means the lettuce is, you know, 14 cents more expensive because everybody in the country gets to, you know, have a living wage, then yeah, that's fine. That's the way it's got to be. No problem. I'm perfectly willing to pay more for the lettuce. Um, and, uh, and, and also these cynical cocksuckers who say, yeah, well, just wait till all your groceries, uh, you know, skyrocket, uh, in the grocery store. Hey, that's the way it works. If the groceries are more expensive because people are being paid a higher wage, a decent wage, then that's fine because I'll be being paid a higher wage so I can afford the groceries. It's not the 14 cents on the lettuce that's killing me. I got news for you. If my groceries were an extra 20 or 30 bucks a week and my salary was an extra 50 or 60 bucks a week, that would be fine. That would make sense, wouldn't it? I don't know, maybe it's just me. Hey, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. You might wake up some morning to the sound of something moving past your window in the wind. What the fuck was that? It's Bob Lind on JR. Don't touch that dial. You might wake up some morning to the sound of something moving past your window in the wind. And if you're quick enough to rise, you'll catch the fleeting glimpse of someone's fading shadow. Out on the new horizon, you may see the floating motion of a distant pair of wings. And if the sleep has left your ears, you might hear footsteps running through an open meadow. Don't be concerned, it will not harm you It's only me pursuing something I'm not sure of Across my dreams, with nets of wonder I chase the bright elusive butterfly of love You might have heard my footsteps Echo softly in the distance through the canyons of your mind I might have even called your name as I ran searching after something to believe in You might have seen me running Through the long abandoned ruins of the dreams you left behind if you remember something there that glided past you Followed close by heavy breathing Don't be concerned, it will not harm you It's only me pursuing something I'm not sure of Across my dreams, with nets of wonder I chase the bright elusive butterfly of love Nets of wonder, I chase a bright elusive butterfly of love. You might have heard my footsteps echo softly in the distance through the canyons of your mind. 
I might have even called your name as I ran searching after something to believe in. You might have seen me running through the long-abandoned ruins of the dreams you left behind. If you remember something there that glided past you, followed close by heavy breathing, don't be concerned. It will not harm you. It's only me pursuing something I'm not sure of. Cross my dreams with nets of wonder. I chase the bright, elusive butterfly of love. Bob Lind on Jester Radio. There's some killer fucking lyrics there, huh? Isn't that sweet? Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room with CJ Espo, uh, yours truly, and Sid the Neighbor. Sid the Neighbor's name is spoken in over 130 countries each and every evening. And uh, apparently D- Sid the Neighbor is now a DJ himself. So we're going to have to look into that. Maybe we can uh, get a simulcast uh, thing going. Hey, you're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio. It's Wednesday, February the 20th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Why not uh, stop by the Jest Radio chat room and throw your two shekels into the thick of the fray? Or, if you got a pair, give us a call, 646-502-8600. 646-502-8600. You can also Skype in to Jester Radio. And I think there's a whole bunch of other ways of getting in touch with us. Fed up with uh, violence and economic hardship, voters in the deeply conservative Northwest have thrown out the Islamic Party's that ruled the province of Peshawar, Pakistan, for five years, a clear sign that Pakistanis are rejecting religious extremism in a region where al-Qaeda and the Taliban have sought refuge. This is, you know, the northern rugged area of Pakistan. Pakistan has uh, is sort of an unusual case because they've, they've tasted democracy. They've had a sort of phony, baloney democracy going on there for a few years, and even phony democracy is a million times better than, you know, Sharia law. You know, getting your fucking hand cut off if you steal something, or even if they just think you steal something. Can't get that put back on, you know, when they find out that the uh, witness was lying. The witness had his eye poked out for blinding somebody before. So they're actually saying no, man, to this extremism. And uh, these bad guys, the Al-Qaeda and these guys, they're going to have to go, you know, looking elsewhere. This is really how you do it. Nobody evaded, pa- invaded Pakistan. They just evolved into a democracy. Indeed, voters in turbulent northwest frontier province, which borders Afghanistan, gave their support to secular parties that promised to uh, pave the streets, create jobs, and bring peace through dialogue and economic incentives to the extremists. See, they have lying politicians just like we do. This may conflict with U.S. pressure to step up the fight against armed militants linked to al-Qaeda and the Taliban. They didn't do anything for the people. Bukhari Shah said of the religious parties, they've done nothing to help the people, and we're afraid to even come out of our homes because of all these bomb blasts. Five years ago, voters in the mostly Pashtun province, many of them from the same ethnic group as the Afghan Taliban, set off alarm bells in the U.S. when they elected a provincial government dominated by a coalition of pro-Taliban clerics, the United Action Alliance, 
The alliance rode to victory on the crest of public outrage over the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan, not only winning control of the northwest frontier, but taking 12% of the vote in national parliament balloting as well. Nothing, you know, gets a crowd behind you like mutual hatred for, the, for America. The religious parties also profited at the time from a move from President per, uh, Pervez Musharraf to sideline the two mainstream political parties by laying down educational standards for candidates that allowed graduates of Quranic schools, long a breeding ground for extremism, to run for office, but banned veteran politicians who lacked university degrees. With hardline clerics firmly in control, provincial authorities looked away as al-Qaeda and Taliban fighters fled into the province to escape U.S.-led forces in Afghanistan, expanding their influence throughout the region, even to the gates of Peshawar, the provincial capital. So I guess there's going to be a shootout at the OK Corral. The citizens, you know, they like that. It's what I like to call the Walkman effect. You know, once they get the good stuff, you know, they never want to go back to that shit. You always hear these, you know, these fucking retarded women on TV. They go, oh, we like to wear the scarf and cover our bodies. We like to wear the the beekeeper uniform, whatever that thing is called. What's that thing, that fucking head-to-toe, you know, uh, fucking thing, that black thing? They love it. They love wearing that thing. And why do they wear it, by the way? For modesty. Because men become emotionally worked up when they see the form of a naked well, the woman's body, when they can see the outline of a woman's body. Now, I'm asking you, what the fuck is going on in this country? These guys can't keep it in their fucking pants? If they so, so much as see the outline of a woman's body, they got to just, what, bend her over right there on the bus? Come on. Who are you fucking kidding? Half of you guys can't even fucking get it up. You're a bunch of fucking homos. The, 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 it's, it's widely known that the Taliban, these, these children, these students who go away to these sleepaway um, uh, schools where they're forced to read the Koran backward and forward in like a mind-numbing, you know, kind of frenzy. They're like sitting and, you know, rock in the corner like autistic retards reciting the Koran backwards and forwards from beginning to end and from the end back to the beginning. And what do you think goes on at night in those fucking places with those imams? There's no women allowed at these places. In fact, women, of course, as you know, in the Muslim religion, are disgusting. They're dirty. Women are unclean, filthy beasts. They, they're not even fit to sit, sit next to them uh, during prayer. Women, it takes two women's testimony to equal one man's testimony in Sharia court. And that's the same in places like, you know, Cairo, Egypt. It's the same today. We think of, you know, some of these places as being, you know, metropolitan and modern. But, man, they're not. They're not. A woman's testimony in a court of law is equal to exactly one half of what a man's testimony is to a court of law. So, hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on JR this Wednesday, February the 20th. Why not give us a call? You got something on your mind? Well, don't be afraid to let us know. Give us a call, 646-502-8600. Also, the request lines are open. 
Uh, give us a request. Tell us what you want to hear. We'll get it on the air within 15 minutes. Or I have my left testicle surgically removed live on air without the benefit of anesthesia. Watch what you say. They'll be calling you a radical.
covered now with lines and creases Tickets torn in half Memories and bits and pieces Traces of love long ago That didn't work out right Traces of From her hair Souvenirs of days together The ring she used to wear Pages from an old love letter Traces of love long ago Traces of love with me Classics 4 on Jest Radio. They had three charters, um, and they all three were a single word with two syllables. They had traces, they had stormy, and they had windy. <laughs> Classics 4 on Jest Radio. Uh, the uh, Super Tramp started that set with the logical song, You're Listening to the Ravings of a Clown. This Wednesday, the uh, February the 20th, the year of our Lord, 2011. Democratic Se- Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton must win 57% of the remaining primary and caucus delegates to erase Barack Obama's lead, a daunting task requiring landslide-sized victories by a struggling presidential candidate. You know what, folks? I asked you to mark my words that Hillary is going to be the next president. I have to be honest with you. I'm really not so sure anymore. This was really hers to lose, and indeed she took every opportunity to do that. And I think that Barack will benefit from Hillary's losing it rather than Barack necessarily winning it. But, you know, of course, that six of one, half a dozen of the other, I'm sure, as far as the Obama family is concerned, you know. I'm sure his mother is still going to feel he's the president of the United States. Obama's victories in Wisconsin and Hawaii yesterday, his ninth and tenth in a row, left him with 1,178 pledged to delegates that have been won in primaries and caucuses in the Associated uh, Press's count. Clinton has 1,024, which is exactly a binary power. 
So for whatever that's worth. Another 1,025 uh, remain to be awarded, most of them in contests in 14 states, Guam and Puerto Rico. It takes 2,025 to win the nomination. Further complicating Clinton's challenge, Obama appears particularly well-positioned to win at least one of the remaining states with ease. Mississippi, with a primary on March 11, fits a pattern of southern states with large black populations that he's been uh, you know, winning handily, including South Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, and Louisiana. The rival campaigns maintain their own delegate counts, and while both agree... Uh, Obama is the leader. They differ on the significance. The only way in this system is to amass delegates uh, by big margins. Close races result in delicate distribution, said David Plouffe, Obama's campaign manager, in a conference call. The only way that she can uh, do, that she can win, is by winning states like Ohio, 65 to 35, Texas, 65 to 35, Pennsylvania, 70 to 30, and you go on and on. She'd have to win pretty much all the states, even states where Obama is considered to have some strength. Clinton's, Clinton's top aides and Plouffe was definitely uh, uh, deliberately trying to set unrealistic high expectations for the former first lady. We expect to do well in both those states, said Harold X. speaking of Texas and Ohio, which hold primaries on March 4. But 65% is a far reach, and there's no expectation here that we're going to hit that number. So even Barack hasn't been you know, winning by any huge margins. They've all been squeakers. So, you know, if I have to eat my words, you know, I'm happy to do it. The truth is the system is so fucked that you can only choose from one of those two. So I don't know why that is. You know, why limit it? <laughs> you know, why you have to eliminate one of those two? It just doesn't even make sense. This whole thing with the primaries, the caucuses, the parties, man, it's fucking absurd. It seems like we're like, you know, like in every way we're living in, you know, 2008, except when it comes to this, you know, political shit. We're like in the fucking Middle Ages with this shit. Why don't we just have a bunch of people get on fucking TV and say everything they, you know, want to say, and then we all just vote for who we want? I don't need the, uh, my party to tell me, you know, so that I, what, what, why do we even have fucking parties? So that people don't have to listen to the candidates and see what they represent. I mean, they claim it's for resources so that, you know, if they're going to spend money promoting a candidate, then, you know, they can only pick one. And they'll pick one that represents generally what their belief system is, the liberal or the conservative belief. Bullshit. Why do I have to fucking pick closest to the fucking, you know, poll? Can't I just get the fucking guy who has the exact shit that I like? It just seems ridiculous. You know, popular vote. We'll do it on the fucking internet. The next guy, you know. And, of course, we need to get, you know, take away a lot more of this, you know, this power the president has. Um, you know, to, to run roughshod over the, you know, the Constitution and civil liberty. Further complicating Clinton's challenge, Obama appears particularly well-positioned to win at least one of the remaining states. Rival campaigns maintain their own delegate counts. Um, you know, this is going to be uh, uh, close either way, but I'm beginning to uh, uh, have an open mind about Barack Obama, you know, winning the presidency. In either case, I'm still sticking by the Democrats. 
There's no fucking way in hell the Republicans are getting another shot now, not after they blew the pooch the past eight years. Pentagon counted down today toward an unprecedented effort to shoot down a dying and potentially deadly U.S. spy satellite using a souped-up missile fired from a ship in the Pacific. I love the way the press just drinks the fucking Kool-Aid on this shit. Nobody even questions, you know. Everybody just repeats the shit that, you know, that's why it's called reporting, not investigating. Because the government has told us that there's a satellite that's become crippled and contains, you know, uh, hydromagnesium sulfate 3, krypton, which is deadly poison, so they don't want it to come crashing to Earth. And moreover, it's got secrets, high-top super secrets, because it's a spy satellite, so they don't want it to get into the hands of the enemy. And wow, isn't that a gee of coincidence? We happen to have a missile that we can retrofit if we just... You know, add a little uh, spit and, uh, you know, gum over here, uh, and we could blast that thing out of the sky. But no, 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 no. Don't think that this is any kind of test of sky blasting equipment. You know, we, we, we don't, we're not doing that. You know, don't anybody get concerned that we're, you know, getting good at blasting shit out of the fucking sky while it's still in space on its way towards us? The timing was tricky for the best chance to succeed. The military awaited a combination of favorable factors. Steady seas around the Navy cruiser that would fire the missile. Optimum position of the satellite. And by the way, what better way to do this in completely out in the open and make it look as if, you know, they're completely as innocent as pie. Oh, yeah, you know, it's a good thing we have this capability to uh, shoot down these, you know, satellites or anything else that threatens us. In the future, the optimum position of the satellite is it passed in polar orbit and the readiness of an array of space and ground based sensors to help cue the missile and track the results. The operation was so extraordinary, with such intense international publicity and political ramifications, that Defense Secretary Robert Gates, not a military commander, was to make the final decision to pull the trigger. The government organized hazardous materials teams under the code name Burnt Frost to the flown. Man, they're, so, they're good at coming up with these names, though, huh? Burnt Frost to the flown to be flown to the site of uh, any dangerous or otherwise sensitive debris that might land in the United States or elsewhere. Also, six federal response groups that are positioned across the country by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, who, by the way, did such a bang-up job down with Katrina that they figured they'd give him this job, has been alerted but not activated. They're purely precautionary and preparedness actions only, he said. High seas in the North, in the North Pacific posed the first obstacle as the USS Lake Erie prepared to launch a three-stage missile. Beyond a certain point, rough seas can interfere with the cruiser's launch procedures. The plan was for the SM-3 to soar 130 miles to just beyond the edge of the Earth's atmosphere in an attempt to speed its non-explosive warhead directly into the satellite. Earlier today, a senior military officer said it didn't look as if the weather would be good enough. That was shortly after the space shuttle Atlantis landed at 9.07 a.m. this morning, re removing the last safety issue for the military to begin determining the best moments for launch. They wanted the, uh, the Atlantis on the ground before they started blasting shit around in space as you might well imagine.
So we'll keep our eye on that, see what's up with that. With deadly attacks against U.S. targets increasing around Baghdad, anti-American Shiite cleric Muqtada al-Sadr raised the possibility today that he may not renew a six-month ceasefire widely credited for helping slash violence. Could you imagine the fucking chutzpah of this piece of shit? The ceasefire is due to expire on Saturday, and there were fears, especially among minority Sunni Arabs, that the reemergence of al-Sadr's Mahdi army, army militia could return Iraq to where it was just a year ago, with sectarian death squads prowling the streets of the country on the brink of civil war. A surge of violence would also make it all the more difficult for Iraq's Shiites, Sunnis, and Kurds to reach agreement on sharing power and wealth and greatly complicate the debate in the United States on whether and how quickly to withdraw troops. This is something nobody gets about the Middle East. Is that it has nothing to do with borders. It has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with boundaries um, or religion. It just has to do with these 10,000-year-old tribal feuds that have been going on, the Sunnis, the Shiites, uh, the, the Kurds, um, they've just been at each other's throats since time immemorial. You think the Hatfields and the McCoys have it in for each other? Forget about it. Rear Admiral Gregory Smith, the U.S. military spokesman, blamed Iranian-backed Shiite extremists for a flurry of rocket attacks, including one Monday against an Iraqi housing complex near the country's main U.S. military base that killed at least five people, wounding 16, including two of uh, our guys. And the United States government says, oh, well, that doesn't count because those are, uh, those are being sent in from Iran. First of all, says who? Because I don't fucking believe a word you have to say. And second of all, who cares? Who cares if they're coming in from the fucking North Pole? What's the difference where they're coming from? Smith also said one American civilian was killed and a number of... I mean, is, you're trying to say you didn't account for that when you gave us this whole bullshit story last, last year about the surge? Let's just kill a few more extra thousand Americans and then everything will be so much better? You're trying to say that never occurred to you? Just like, duh, you know, like when, when Condoleezza Rice stood before the fucking, you know, Senate 9-11 committee and she said, well, you know, please, uh, I mean, Mr. Chairman, nobody uh, uh, could have imagined that terrorists were going to fly airplanes into buildings. Nobody had any idea such a thing was happening. Uh, and they went, oh, did you happen to see this report that you got like six months earlier? Oh, this report here? Yes, I saw this report. What's the name of the report? The name of this report? Yes, could you read it into the record? What was the name? This report here, it was named... Terrorists likely to strike soon and may use airplanes to fly into office buildings. That was the name of the report. But they had no idea. That's what the administration means when they say they had no idea. There was a great song by uh, Arlo Guthrie, the presidential rag. You said you didn't know that the cats with the bugs were there and you'd never go along with that kind of stuff nowhere. But that just isn't the point, man. That's the wrong, wrong way to go. Because if you didn't know about that one, well, then what else don't you know? <laughs> it's not an excuse to say you didn't know. How the fuck dare you not know? 
Smith also said one American civilian was killed. A number of U.S. troops and civilian personnel were wounded in a rocket attack in the southeastern area of Rustamaya yesterday. He did not elaborate, but there's U.S. base in the predominantly Shiite area. He said those attacks and another yesterday were carried out by Iranian-backed special group criminals. You know, as if they don't count because they're from Iran, a term the military uses to describe groups that broke away from the Mahdi army militia or refused to respect the ceasefire, al-Sadr declared last August. The U.S. military has angered some uh, Sadrists by carrying out raids against breakaway factions. There have been calls from within the militia and its political wing to call off the ceasefire. Ceasefire has been a key element. And by the way, how savvy of America that uh, while we're in the middle of a ceasefire to just, you know, to do shit to piss these people off, (coughs) to just provoke them into calling off the ceasefire. I mean, obviously the ceasefire continues at their good graces, so why not piss them off at every fucking opportunity you get? That's another thing, you know, like imperialists don't worry about as ever is who they're pissing off. You know, when you say like, you know, no wonder the fucking, you know, the free, the rest of the free world hates us. You know, they sort of get this kind of like almost smirk on their faces like, yeah, fucking suck my dick. I don't care if they like us or not. You know, this kind of like playground bully mentality where they actually sort of like being loathed and feared. They dig that. That's like the kind of twisted, sick fuck they are. Hey, hanging in the Jest Radio chat room with uh, Sid the Neighbor, Espo, CJ. Uh, give us a call, 646-502-8600, 646-502-8600. Just whatever you have on your mind, get it off your chest. <coughs> give us a call. Neil Young on JR, please don't fuck with that dial. Did I tell you there's a town in North Ontario? A little guy uh, lives there named Sid the Neighbor. Leave it right where it is. There is a town in North Ontario. Extreme comfort memory despair. And in my mind, I still need a place to go. All my changes were there. Blue, blue windows behind the stars.
raining from the first and I was dying there of thirst so I came in here and your long time curse hurts but what's worse is this pain in here I can't stay in here ain't it clear that I just can't fit yes I believe it's time for us to quit and when we meet again introduced as friends please don't let on that you knew me when I was hungry and it was your world. You fake just like a woman. Yes, you do. And you make love just like a woman. And you ache just like a woman. But you break just like a little girl. Richie Havens on Jest Radio. This the, the lyrics, I believe, are inscrutable since I'm not sure the differential uh, between uh, breaking and breakdown. But nevertheless, it's a beautiful song. And uh, there's Richie Havens and his uh, classic interpretation. Neil Young started that set and helpless. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on JR, hanging with Lulu, CJS Poe, and Sid the Neighbor, the world-famous Sid the Neighbor's name is spoken in over 130 countries each and every evening in the Jester Radio chat room. Got something to say about it? Yeah, see? Yeah, then. Why not give us a call, see? It's 646-502-8600. Gets you live on the air. Now, people have accused me of not being receptive to incoming phone calls because when exactly would people call? So, so Such persons have intimated. When exactly would people call since I never shut the fuck up for two seconds? There doesn't seem to be any kind of respite. Oh, what's that? Is it? I'm sorry. We got to do this for exactly one minute. All right. Dancing on the ones there. 11-11 dancing. Dance 11-11. Patchy patchy. I'm not even responsible for this. All right. All right, that'll do. That'll do, pig. So, uh, Espo is trying to promote this thing that every day at 11.11, if you look at your watch and see it's 11.11, you're supposed to do the Gene Gene dancing machine dance there. And then just get up and do it. And it'll be hard to <laughs> be hard to have wars and to do anything, you know, destructive if you're dancing. So I support it 100%. If you happen to be, if you happen to look down at your watch and it's a couple of minutes to eleven, then just tell everybody around you to brace themselves. 
Alexis Goggins climbed aboard a special tricycle and maneuvered through. By the way, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. You're live on the air with the Jester. Who's calling? That would be me, Sid. Sid the neighbor, the world-famous Sid the neighbor. How's it going, son? Just ducky yourself. I understand you've been uh, rattling the airwaves yourself lately. What's up with that? <laughs> well, you know our good friend Dynamite. She uh, sort of kind of snuckered me into it, and, and um, so I kind of got caught up in the whole deal of DJing. Is she it's doing a lot that? Of fun. Is she doing that now too over there? Well, we both sort of kind of had a, a little bit of a personality conflict with some of the other people around there. Too many people in the same place, generally. Well, I find, I find that very hard to believe because uh, <laughs> I, you're, a, you're a gentleman of a very uh, even temperament, I have found. Yeah, that's what sort of kind of led to the whole issue. You yeah, know. I see. Um, I'm too good. I got you. You just allow people to walk all over you. That's always been your problem. Well, and, and yeah, you know, like the rules of the place, whether it's supposed to be an all-ages radio. So that means no swearing, no drugs, no nothing like that. Rob? Yeah. So I took that to heart as to mean that's what the rules were. Right. But um, apparently a good chunk of the other people sort of didn't have to follow those rules oh really <laughs> well that's fucked didn't up. sit too well with me oh i'm sorry to hear that yeah oh, so well, that's, that's like too bad now let me ask you something you've always been a world renowned as a person who one of the very few people maybe i understand six or seven people in the in the on the planet that smokes almost as much marijuana as I do. <laughs> yep. Is that still... Yep. What's up with that? <laughs> well, I still do um, practice the ancient art of um, herb smoking, yes. Right, right. <laughs> Quite um, constantly. And what, Although, about, and what about you still building houses or... Uh, yeah, Bridges I'm still or building houses. Or? I'm still doing websites. I deliver newspapers a couple nights a week to the paper boys. I'm a busy, busy boy. Holy shit. Yeah, too busy. But that's uh, life, eh? And now I understand you suckered, I mean, uh, sweet-talked yourself <laughs> into the uh, life of the lovely, young, uh, beautiful CJ. Yes, uh, indeedy. What's, yeah. up, what's up with this lass? Well, we met in the in the radio chat room, and um, unfortunately, she can't tune in yet, right yet. But she's downloading a new, an older version of Winamp, so she'll be able to. Media player doesn't want to. But um, yeah, we met in the chat room, and that was about a year ago. And I just drove down there last week to San Diego from way up here in Canada. So that she's a long drive. So she's on to you finally. Yeah. So, so now what? I was a, well. I was. I the guess best the kept secret in town. You I, know. I guess the uh, <laughs> the the honeymoon is over, right? Now that she met you uh, and sees. Well, I suppose, or it could be just beginning. I mean, that could have been just the first. It, it could coffee. be, but let's be honest with each other, Sydney. We're talking yeah. about you now, so. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no honeymoon ain't over yet. No. Yeah. No. There you go. 
And yeah. uh, so give us the weather report from the Great White North. How's it? Uh, what's going on up there? Well, spring has finally arrived. It was spring? probably Isn't the it coldest, coldest winter I can remember for a long, long time. You know, like it was, it never got above freezing until I left here for to go down to see CJ. It for, was below zero all winter. Like our zero. Your guys is 32. Right. Yeah. Man. Uh, yeah, and finally it's thawed out now and spring is here. I was out cleaning the gardens off today and stuff like that. Spring is here. We'll, we'll be blooming flowers in, in... Like, we're not far behind California. I only seen very few apple blossoms when I was down there. And really? Things, by next week, it'll be the same here. And what about the crop? What's what's happening with the uh, well? With the crop, they went. They went and passed some pretty nasty municipal laws here to do with landlords. Okay. And my landlord is a good friend of mine, so I turned my crop off. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Well, you know. You saying they're arresting people? Oh, and taking houses and and um, because yeah. you know basically the opposite is happening in in Humboldt, California, because of well, the because of the they, legal status of pot in California, um, they're they are letting people get licenses now to grow it. Yeah, and for medicinal. Yeah, basically anybody can grow it in Humboldt. Everybody's looking the other way, and that's where it's all being grown for the whole state for the for the pot clubs. Is in Humboldt. Oh yeah. And, well, they'll they, let a, and they'll they let you get a permit to grow it to sell. Oh to, yeah. Um, a medical user. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But medical means anybody that gets a note from a doctor saying. Apparently, I, they're getting pretty easy to get up. Everybody's here. Somebody, got. Everybody's. Told me I should ought to go get one, and then I could start growing. Anybody can get one. It takes a half hour. You make a doctor's appointment. I know people that that did it. It, it takes you know. Anybody can go get it. it. It might be worth looking into, that's for sure. What you do is you go into the doctor's office, and the doctor says, so, it says here, what's what, what's going on? You go, and you go, yeah, well, my back is really hurting. And the, doc, <laughs> and the doctor will say, wait a second, it says something about headaches on the app. Oh, yeah, and total headaches. I got really bad. <laughs> Tell him I'm nauseous all the time. What, what do you got for that? <laughs> <laughs> something you know, not too uh, something organic, maybe. Yeah. And I'm also my stomach's always upset. Also, I'm I never, really really never have an appetite. Like I have no appetite. <laughs> yeah, no appetite. Yeah. What do you do what, what do you got for all those things? <laughs> so, yeah, it's like you know, and they, in fact, there are doctors who have practices that do nothing all day but see people. To sign them off on the pot note, you know, and then yeah. you go right down the block. A lot of these doctors are like a block away. You go right down the block. You show them your note, and they start handing you over the marijuana, hand over fist. Yeah. And let me tell you, it is fucking good stuff, man. Fruity, fresh ass, fucking you know, warm California sun. Yeah, I seen that warm frickin' California sun. It That's snowed what, the day there I got there. Well, nine months out of the year, ten months just out of the bit, year. Just a bit east of San Diego, and there it was, frickin' snowing. I just drove 1,200 miles south to get away from the well, frickin' you, winter. You've never been very smart, Sid. And I by the way, not. And by the way, is this your first time you've been to California? Yeah, yeah. 
I was scared they weren't even going to let me cross the border. Did you uh, visit like any of the famous monuments, like Disneyland? Oh, fuck, or no, I just Ronald drove Reagan's right house. I got on I five and I went south till, and then two ten, and then east, and then a whole bunch of east and south and east. And you south didn't even drive the shore. Up and <laughs> you didn't even drive the shore. You didn't take one hundred one. No, I took the I five. I was going down there to meet CJ. I wasn't going to sightsee. I see. No sightseeing. Well, I'm sure she's happy. You guys are crazy down there. Y'all drive so fast. Holy crap. What are you you talking about? How how fast do they drive in Canada? Not that fast. We were going through Portland. Six lanes of traffic, bumper to bumper. 100 freaking miles an hour. Through town. What's up with that? Yeah, man, Holy that's the way I crap. drive. And then the I-5, I mean, if you weren't doing 140, well, 140K, so 90 miles an hour, 95 miles an hour, <laughs> you're going to get runned over. Jesus. Well, there you go, dude. Welcome to America. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed you, your stay. Mind you, if you want to drive 1,200 miles in two days, you better be driving 90 miles well, an hour. Well, yeah, too. man. Absolutely, yeah. At least you, you know, you put your foot down. That's the important thing. Hey, thanks yeah. for calling in, Sid. Mm-hmm. Call back again yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, you get back to playing the tunes, dude. All right, bud. Have a good night, Sid, the neighbor. Wow, long time no here. Of course, uh, founding uh, godfather of Jester Radio, one of our longest, earliest uh, listeners from uh, way back in the day. And now the boy's gone off, and he's uh, doing his own. Um, um, show and in fact I meant to have him do a plug for that so sorry about that Sid um, let me know what the um, URL is for that uh, for that uh, stream that you do Sid the neighbor uh, on Jest Radio you're tuned into the ravings of a clown this uh, Wednesday February the 20th the year of our lord 2008 Alexis Goggins climbed aboard a special tricycle and maneuvered through hospital hallways, beginning the months of physical therapy she needs to recover from six gunshot wounds. To many people, the soft-spoken seven-year-old is a hero. After she threw herself across her mother, just as a gunman was about to shoot the woman in an SUV. An angel is what I call her, Salitha Parker said of her daughter. After more than two months in the hospital and six surgeries, Alexis was recently released she returns twice a week for physical therapy. The young girl bears several scars from the December 2nd shooting, including a long, thin surgical line stretching from one side of her hairline to the other. Her right eye, which was blind in the attack, has also been removed. During rehabilitation, she rides a tricycle designed to be pedaled with a person's hands and plays hand-eye coordination games. I'll be good for therapy, Alexis promises her mother before bounding back to the games. Alexis speaks little about the shooting. She remembers bits and pieces, but she's not really talking about it much. It's like she's blocking it out or something, said Parker, who's 30 years old. The mother and daughter were getting a ride from a friend when Parker's former boyfriend emerged from the shadows outside Parker's house and jumped into the vehicle. He then forced the friend to drive at gunpoint for several minutes. Under the pretense of needing fuel, Parker's friend stopped at a Detroit gas station uh, and she called 911. Inside the SUV, Parker pleaded with the gunman not to shoot. As he was about to open fire, Alexis cried, Don't hurt my mother, and jumped into her mother's arms from the back seat. Despite her daughter's effort, Parker was shot twice. 
Alexis is learning disabled and lags behind other youngsters her age. As a result, police say it may never be known whether Alexis meant to shield her mother from the bullets, but Parker has said that if her daughter had not put herself in between, she might have been killed. Calvin Tilly, a 29-year-old former convict on parole, is charged with two counts of assault with intent to commit murder along with other offenses. Parker said she met Tilly last year but called off the relationship after three months. Jester Radio left messages with his court-appointed attorney, but uh, they just, uh, they never heard of us, apparently. So she's she's retarded or she's she's learning impaired in some way. Um, there's a million different ways that a kid could be learning impaired. She could have, like, trouble reading, you know, but she could be smarter than 99% of the people, you know. So I'm not sure what they imply, what, what, what to infer from that, although they did say specifically so, and therefore we're not sure if she really understood the import of her actions. But, I mean, nevertheless, man. There is just something so fucking, you know, pure about that. Any human being uh, to throw themselves in the in harm's way uh, for the sake of another human being—that's just as you know—that's just as raw as it gets. That's just pure love, right there. Don't hurt my mommy. And it, you know, it's just—it's—it's uh, uh, it's one of those things that, although you know, perhaps you know some. A cynical person might see that as just a sort of a biological function. You know, we're all sort of uh, have this, you know, built-in mechanism to protect each other, you know, members of the clan uh, from outside harm. It's natural. Obviously, we evolved that way with a strong sense of protection for one another. Um, But still, it's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with us being able to enjoy it and marvel at it. Um, And... uh, you know, to think of all the things, the, the the people in the world that have benefited from, you know, such heroism. So, you know, such times that people, um, you know, step forward and and stand in the way, you know, between uh, somebody else that they care about and harm. And just what an awesome uh, thing that is. It's something we as humans have a very, very high value for. To think that somebody would risk their greatest possession that they own, uh, their their own life, uh, to protect us. It's just a, you know, difficult thing to get your head around. So, strokes have tripled in recent years among middle-aged, so therefore that mother and daughter is going to have some kind of special bond for the rest of their lives, boy. Strokes have uh, tripled in recent years. You know, uh, Jeff's... A uh, sister just died a, a few weeks ago from a stroke. She was 51. We celebrated her 51st birthday today. <laughs> Excuse me. I celebrated a little extra. Nearly 2% of women aged 35 to 54 reported suffering a stroke in the most recent federal health survey from 94 to 2004. Only about half a percent did in the previous survey from 88 to 94. The percentage is so small because many strokes occur in older people, but the sudden spike in middle age and the reasons behind it are ominous, doctors said in research presented today at a medical conference. It happened even though more women in the recent survey were on medicine to control their cholesterol and blood pressure. 
steps that lower the risk of stroke. Women's waistlines are nearly two inches bigger than they were a decade earlier, and that bulge corresponds with the increase in strokes, researchers said. In addition, women's average body mass index, a commonly used measure of obesity, rose from 27 in the earlier survey to 29, and they also had higher blood sugar levels. We just talked the other day about how now obesity is linked to you know, like 100 different kinds of cancer, and um, now we're finding that obesity is clearly linked to this spike in middle-aged women suffering strokes. No other traditional risk factors like smoking, heart disease, or diabetes changed enough between the two surveys to account for the increase in strokes. In a pre-stroke population of middle-aged women, a tripling of cases is an alarming increase, said Ralph Sacco, neurology chief at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. The study was led by Dr. Amidus Taufiji, a neurology specialist at the University of Southern California in L.A. and presented at the International Stroke Conference in New Orleans. You didn't get down to that conference this year, the stroke conference in New Orleans? You missed it? Well, uh, this uh, woman uh, used the National Health and National Survey's federally funded project that gives periodic health checkups and questionnaires to a wide sample of Americans. Participants are routinely asked whether a doctor has ever told them that they had a stroke, and about 5,000 middle-aged people answered that question in each survey. So once again, this is a, one of these studies that's done with a database of existing data. They just purchase the data and do new kinds of studies with it instead of what the original people were doing with it. It's a very cost-effective way of doing studies. Researchers saw that the stroke rate had spiked in middle-aged women but stayed about the same, around 1% in middle-aged men. So they looked deeper at the responses to see if they could learn why. Belly fat stood out, Taufigi said. The portion of women with abdominal obesity rose from 47 uh, in the earliest uh, survey to 59% in the recent one. The change in men was smaller, and previous studies have shown that abdominal obesity is a stronger risk factor for women than men. So they even have it broken down to if you're fat in your ass or fat in your stomach or fat. I'm not sure like what <laughs> the other ways are, but man, you know what the bottom line is? Don't be fat. It's so fucking bad for you. In fact, whatever it is they say you should weigh, weigh a little less. The people that weigh less, they live longer. And uh, it's easy. Just give up all the crap. You know, nobody gives a shit about that. Stuff anyway, it's not doing any good for you. Hey, you know about this guy, Mr. Schwinn? He was as thin as a pelican's grin. And I took him my bike when the wheel wouldn't spin. It's the story of Mr. Schwinn on Jester Radio. Daryl Purpose, please don't fuck with that dial. Be right back. gear wouldn't shift for fixing a bike the man had a gift they were stashed in the back of his waterfront shack his and her bikes 
perfectly matched, perfectly matched, like a groom and a bride waiting to take their honeymoon ride. He'd say one of these bikes is more than a twin. As he pumped up the tires and polished the rim, I'm saving it for my missus. The wires and the tires filled me with desire And the sprockets and streamers were truly admired Were truly admired by all kinds of folks Who watched as he carefully tightened the spokes Yes, the chrome really shone But if truth be known at the end I will appear He watched the tide turn And the sun disappear He'd say one of these bikes Is more than a twin As he oiled the chain And polished the rim I'm saving it For my message Yesterday was a day that I heard someone say The old man at the bicycle shop passed away Mr. Schwinn passed away And my wife and I cried Cause he never did take that honeymoon ride T'was with grim discipline that the town buried him And the gravestone revealed his name wasn't Schwinn No, his name wasn't Schwinn But I'll tell you with pride That I got the groom And my wife the bride Mr. Schwinn was as thin as a pelican's grin And I took him my bike When the wheel wouldn't spin When the wheel wouldn't spin Or the gear wouldn't shift Fall fixing a bike Thank you. 
the mountain should crumble to the sea. I won't cry, I won't cry, no, I won't shed a tear just as long as you stand, stand by me. friends are gone ben e king on just radio daryl purpose before that you've been listening to the roofings of acclaim this wednesday february the 20th the year of our lord 2008 you've been hanging with louis cj espo and sid the neighbor the world famous sid the neighbor in the jester radio chat room extra extra special thanks goes out to all those that did stop by in the chat room not too late to give us a call, get yourself on the air, 646-502-8600. 646-502-8600, get you live on the air with the old jester. Or you could send in your request via any one of a multitude of ways. What else? Oh, yes, Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that uh, the donate button on the Jester Radio homepage is there for your schlanging. So please uh, visit and schlang frequently. Schlang early and schlang frequently. Uh, also, the podcast is live, so you can subscribe to uh, Jester Radio just by going to jesterradio.com. Click on podcast. Uh, there's even a link there that will automatically add je- uh, the ravings of a clown to your um, iTunes Peter thinks Aretha Franklin is uh, no queen of soul. When it comes to wearing fur, Franklin was crowned this year's worst-dressed celebrity by the animal rights organization Her Crime, yet wearing another vulgar fur at the Grammy Awards. You looked as if you were going to perform I Am the Walrus by the Beatles. (laughs) The people for the ethical treatment of animals said today of Franklin's appearance, you might be a queen, but you don't know Jack about compassion. There you go. There's the Queen Jack, see? How about some R-E-S-P-E-C-T for animals, Peter added. The other offenders are Marilyn Manson, Eva Longoria, in her trashy fur. She looks like a streetwalker on Wisteria Lane. I presume is some kind of uh, reference to the desperate housewives. 
Lindsay Lohan, Kate Moss, and Kylie Minogue. Pete, Peter called Minogue cold-blooded for touting a python purse. As for Lohan, the group remarked, I know who killed me uh, isn't just the title of Lindsay Lohan's latest bomb. It's the cry of the animals snuffed out so this mean girl can pose in their pelts. The, the animals cried out. Christina Ricci, Martha Stewart, and Alicia Keys have said they've given up wearing fur since being singled out by PETA. In previous years, PETA asked people to vote on the website Fur is Dead. Uh, the group said it took Britney Spears out of the running because they didn't want to uh, kick her while she's down. Which is, you know, hard to imagine since they're an organization that, like, you know, has been known to bomb, you know, people and throw paint on people, so... First, she waited 45 minutes to place her order. Then she waited more than an hour for the food. Then she saw the bill. Claire Watkins was out with a group of uh, friends on Friday at an Italian steak restaurant in the English sound, uh, town of Litchfield, about 125 miles north of London, when she found absolutely disgusting language printed on her bill, according to the BBC. The BBC website carried what it said was a copy of the bill with the message... Blow me, printed between the Cabernet Sauvignon and the fish cakes. I think uh, that uh, the way that they've been spoken to is absolutely outrageous. The BBC quoted her as saying, a spokeswoman for the restaurant did not immediately return our call, but other British media reported that it had apologized for the message and said that it was a result of a private joke between members of the staff. So apparently the staff had made bets to each other that they could sneak in. <laughs> curse words on the bill and the customers wouldn't notice because they don't really read their bill so they'll they would look at it they would say you know salami sandwich pickle suck my dick apple pie chocolate shake and you know they wouldn't notice it danville family has received an eight thousand dollar water bill for a house that they say they haven't lived in for two years the granddaughter's of Lurley Gray of Lexington, Kentucky, say they're stuck with a high bill that covers part of January and February. Part. Charlene Tucker told WKYT in Lexington that she paid the last bill she received, which was 35 bucks, to cover the period from October to December. Tucker said the mother, her mother owns the house, but uh, she went to a nursing home two years ago. The ground around the house isn't saturated. There are no apparent signs of any leak. Tucker says she was told by the water company employee that the $8,000 bill was not a clerical error. The water was turned off yesterday, but the family is asking the city for an explanation. We'll stay on top of that for you. Apparently, these city utilities don't feel the need to account for these numbers that they you know, flash around. A cat named Meatloaf, who took a three-week cross-country ride, looked in a, uh, I mean, uh, locked in a storage container, is finally heading home to Florida. Arizona Humane Society officials say the two-year-old gray cat apparently crawled into the large locker in Pompano Beach, Florida, as a man loaded it for a move to Phoenix. The container spent time in a Florida warehouse and then on a semi-trailer before being delivered to a company's Phoenix facility. A worker heard a cat meowing inside the container late yesterday and found him hungry and thirsty and unharmed. The man who was moving remembered a similar cat near his old apartment. Beatloaf's owners had put up posters around their neighborhood, and the apartment manager recalled when the Humane Society called. Spokeswoman Kim Notzel said Meatloaf lost about half his body weight 
and uh, they'll uh, need to give him some time to recover before flying him home. We'll keep our eye on that story. Congratulations, you're corrupt. That was the message on three wooden gold-embossed plaques that were sent from Puerto Rico to the Lawrence Police Department. The plaques delivered on Sunday appeared to be awards, but accused officers, including Chief John Romero of corruption, Romero estimated the plaques must have cost about 200 bucks each to make and about 75 bucks to deliver from Puerto Rico. Police have dusted the plaques for fingerprints, and uh, they say they do have a suspect in mind, but uh, didn't identify the person. Police have notified the postal inspector in Boston, and this, uh, the sender could face uh, federal charges for using postal service to threaten, harass, or intimidate. So not sure how calling somebody corrupt uh, does any one of those things, but methinks thou dost protest too much. Right? I mean, otherwise, what's the harm? They just sent it to them. It's not like they're going out and telling everybody. 646-502-8600, why not uh, get on the air and uh, get it off your chest, tell the jester, uh, how you feel today and, uh, you know, what's up with, uh, you know, your boss or your mother or your wife or your sister's ass. By the way, I fucked your sister and she was good. So maybe that'll provoke you into uh, giving me a call. In the meantime, last night when I got home, about a half past ten, there was a woman that I thought I knew in the arms of another man. This ever happened to you? Well, here's what happened. It sucks. Last night as I got home about a half past ten There was a woman I thought I knew in the arms of another man I kept my cool I ain't no fool Let me tell you what happened then I packed some clothes and I walked out and I ain't going back again So take a letter, Maria Address it to my wife Say I won't be coming home Gotta start a new life we'll Take a letter, Maria Address it to my wife Send a copy to my lawyer Gotta start a new life You've been many things but most of all Good secretary to me And it's times like this I feel You've always been close to me Was I wrong to work nights To try to build a good life All work and no play Has just cost me a while So take a letter, Maria No, address it to my wife Say I won't be coming home Gotta start a new life We'll take a letter for me Address it to my wife Send a copy to my lawyer Gotta have a new life Oh, a man loves a woman It's hard to understand But she would find more pleasure In the arms of another man I never really noticed Sweet you out to me It just so happens I'm free tonight Would you like to have dinner with me 
take a letter, Maria. Address it to my wife. Say I'm gonna be coming home. Got a sucker, no lie. Address it to my wife Send a copy to my lawyer Gotta have a new life We'll take a letter
Jimmy LeFave on Just Radio. You're listening to the ravings of a clown. This uh, Wednesday, February the 20th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Uh, R.B. Greaves, before that, take a letter, Maria. You've been most, many things, but most of all, a good secretary to me. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> and it's times like this, I feel that you've always been <clears throat> close to me. So he's uh, he's been apparently, he hasn't noticed his secretary. She's apparently very hot, but hasn't noticed her because he was married. What kind of, you know, what kind of person did you think he was? He wasn't that kind. So, uh... Really? Oh, yeah. Congratulations, you're corrupt. We were doing this story um, in the last set about these um, plaques that uh, some suspicious person... So apparently uh, the cops themselves have not been able to track the um, uh, plaques back other than to know they came from uh, Puerto Rico. So we're going to stay on top of that story for you because obviously somebody wants to know. Somebody wants uh, us to know that they're uh, corrupt. A man was charged with withdrawing $2 million from an account after a bank confused him with another guy with the same name. Benjamin Lovell was arraigned on Tuesday on grand larceny charges. The 48-year-old salesman said he tried to tell officials at Commerce Bank back in December that he didn't have a $5 million account. Lovell said he was told that it was his and he could withdraw the money. Prosecutors said the bank, which advertises itself as America's most convenient bank, confused Lowell with a Benjamin Lowell who works for a property management company. Not this lob, whatever he does. The lesser-funded Lowell gave away some of the withdrawn money, blew some of it on gifts, but lost much of it on bad investments. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing we keep the money away from the poor, isn't it? The district attorney's office did not immediately have information on his lawyer. Uh, calls left at the Commerce Bank uh, today were not immediately returned. He tried to tell them, but then when they insisted, he figured, what the fuck? Finally this evening, police are conducting an internal investigation into an allegation that a lieutenant used his stun gun to shock a cow and took video of it like a retard. You know, we always hear these stories about these, you know, like 17-year-old kids, you know, going around bashing mailboxes and videotaping it. And we think to ourselves, well, they're young, they're stupid. I mean, they videotaped themselves committing a crime and then showed it to people. But hard to imagine that actually a police lieutenant did that. He was uh, sick enough in the head to get his fucking jollies out of stunning a fucking cow and then showed people video of it. It's like sharing a snuff movie. I mean, who wants to see that? I guess other cops. I'm sure cops love that shit, in fact. Seeing innocent dumb animals being electrocuted for for uh, entertainment. Police Chief Steve Helm said on Tuesday the inquiry began after he received a complaint from the group People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, same guys who were uh, pro to who just put out their list uh, in the earlier story. A letter dated February 11th from PETA Representative Stephanie Bell complained that Lieutenant David Mitchell filmed himself using an electronic stun gun on a cow. 
Electronic stun guns are used as less than lethal weapons to subdue people who pose a threat to officers. But, of course, we know they've been, you know, ever since the widely uh, don't tase me bro incident, uh, widely distributed uh, video of that, um, you know, we realize these guys are just using it, you know, willy-nilly. I mean, who are these people anyway? Who are these cops? Uh, you know, they're they're by and large they're 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 morons. They're fucking subhuman mouth breathers. They're brutes. They're the people who used to pick on you and steal your money and you know give you swirlies uh, in grade school. They're thugs. Police said in the letter, but they're thugs who like to you know talk about how much they love their mama, God, and country. You know. They're self-righteous thugs. Cops always refer to the, uh, you know, to to perpetrators and criminals as bad guys. They see themselves as good guys. It's good that they, you know, and and under that guise of being the good guy, you know, we just saw what happened, you know, last week where this fucking cunt dumped this guy out of his wheelchair. Bell said in a letter that Mitchell distributed the video as a joke among friends and co-workers, and she notes that animal cruelty is a crime, even in Arkansas. Helms didn't immediately return a call for the moment uh, today, and attorney uh, Ben Lipscomb said uh, on Tuesday the alleged incident happened two and a half years ago, which would be uh, beyond the statute of limitations for this type of misdemeanor. Lipscomb said that there would be no point in pursuing a criminal investigation. Helm said a captain in the department will conduct the investigation and Mitchell will remain on regular duty. So it happened two and a half years ago. Uh, he can't be prosecuted for it, so there's no reason to uh, pursue it other than you know maybe to know that this is the kind of fucking uh, scumbag that's you know working for your p- police uh, department. I guess maybe people in Arkansas might be concerned with that? I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, if anybody, if you've ever been to Arkansas, maybe not. Hey, thanks so very much for stay, stopping by. You know, it means so very much to me on behalf of Dolly the Receptionist, Bob the Engineer, and myself. Uh, mwah. Thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by. Special thanks go out to Louis, CJ, Espo, Sid the Neighbor, the world-famous Sid the Neighbor, and all those who stopped by the Jester Radio chat room this evening to throw their two shekels into the thick of the fray. Um, thanks to uh, the, the ladies for calling in their uh, birthday wishes for us, premature as it was. But we'll do something for the for the little guy tomorrow. Uh, my, uh, my spies tell me he'll be 47 years old tomorrow. Dangerous, a special dangerous age. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. That is my solemn promise to you. Until that time, Eustace. You were the sunshine when you were mine, but I call you Stormy today. You were the sunshine, baby. See you tomorrow. Whenever you smile, but I call you Stormy today.
Like the wind. 